above all names. And Father, we come humbly before you, thanking you for all that you've done. What a privilege and honor we have to come into your presence this morning and that you meet us here and that you pour into us and that you touch our lives, God. Thank you that worship is not just about singing songs, but it's about an encounter with you, Lord. We're so thankful that you reached out into our lives, that you meet us where we are. And Father, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, Lord God. See you through the truth and the reality of your word. Father, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. And Father, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And so we pray all these things with expectation that we will not just have come to another service this morning, but we will have encountered the Almighty God and that you will have done something in us through the worship and through the word and through us opening us our, ourselves up to receive everything that you have for us today. So we thank you now in great expectation of what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to release the warrior youth. You guys are welcome to go back. <laughs> yeah. I am so excited about what's going on in children's ministry. I told Karen I wanted to go back there this morning. They're, they're just doing so well on every level. I want to encourage you to let our teachers know how much you appreciate them pouring into our children. They are doing a phenomenal job. I'm serious. They are, they're really doing good. Yeah, give them, give them a hand clap. Thank you for joining us this morning. I have a lot of material to cover, so that's why we only did two worship songs this morning, because uh, I have a lot. Uh, we should get out of here by 3 or 4 in the afternoon, so. Hey, Sean Stark is in the house. Hey, son, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. And I'd like to welcome all of our first-time guests and everybody that's a regular as well, so thank you. We're going through this series, Prayer, Purpose, and Passion. And as I was praying this morning, I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to read our core scripture, which is found in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, but I'm going to actually read through 16. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that would be Jesus, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Unity in the faith. How do we, how do we come to unity in the faith? I'm going to talk about that a little bit later this morning. What can you do when you need to be encouraged? I have a couple of tips for you. One thing that you can do, and I found to be most effective, very effective, is put on some praise and worship music and just enter into worshiping the Lord. And I found, too, that when I need encouragement, that's probably the last thing that I really want to do, honestly. But when I do that, I find that, man, that thing just lifts, whatever it is. 
as we begin to turn our focus toward the Lord and begin to worship him, something happens. Something happens in us. Another, another way that we can be encouraged is through prayer, spending time in prayer. So my first point this morning is prayer is powerful. A few weeks ago, and I think I've shared this with, you, with most of you or a lot of you, a few weeks ago, I told the Lord I really needed a breakthrough. I was really, really struggling, really just under attack like I have never been under attack before. And I said, God, I need some encouragement. And I, I felt like, you know, I wasn't, have you ever prayed and you feel like your prayers are just hitting the ceiling and coming right back at you? And so I said, God, would you have somebody call me or something? I'm, I'm just really, I can't, I've got to get out of this, this place. And shortly after this prayer, a pastor friend of mine called me. And he said, man, you're on my heart. And, and I, I, I just wanted to give you a call. And I said, man, I needed that so bad. His response was, well, I'm sure glad I obeyed. <laughs> and I said, me too. And so the Lord heard my cry. And, you know, the Lord can speak to us through many different ways. We can encourage one another. The Lord could have done anything to encourage me, but what did he do? He had this friend of mine call me. And so you never know how God is using you. If we will just listen to the Holy Spirit, and when he says, hey, pick up the phone and call somebody or send an email or text them or whatever, you never know the timing of that. I remember calling a friend of mine in Corpus Christi a number of years ago. I hadn't talked to him in probably years, uh, probably years, or at least a, a, a number of months. And I called him, and he was really on my heart. And that was the day his mom had passed. I had no idea. And so I was able to pray with him and, and just, uh, you know, love on, on him a little bit through the phone. And it really meant a lot. So you never know what the Lord is doing in our lives. If we will just obey, it will be well. It will be good. This morning, I want to talk about some other specific ways to be built up and encouraged as well. If you want to go, begin to turn to Jude. It's the second to the last book of the Bible, Jude 17 through 21, and we're going to be going to 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 17 as well. For the past couple of weeks, I've taught on prayer and how that we are in a spiritual battle. As Christians, it's vital that we pray to receive direction and guidance from the Lord. Jesus says, let's go to uh, John 14. I'm going to slip a bunch of scriptures in here, okay? So just stay with me or uh, check it out on the screens. In John 14, 15 through 17, Jesus says, If you love me, obey my commandments. Verse 16. And I will ask a father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. This Greek word for advocate means to call alongside. It means a helper or a supporter. And so Jesus is saying, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Well, wait a minute, another advocate? Oh, we have a, an advocate with Jesus Christ. But we know that Jesus died and was resurrected and is seated at the right hand of God. And, and uh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but Jesus is saying, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Let's look at verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He lives with you now and later will be in you. He lives with you now because Jesus, he was in Jesus. Jesus, the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are one. And so he's saying the Holy Spirit is here with you, but later he will be in you. 
Verse 18, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you through the Holy Spirit. Let's skip ahead to John 14, 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you. Have you ever read scriptures in the Bible and then you, you, you read it again and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember the scripture. I remember Jesus teaching on this. And so he's saying the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I've told you. There are times when I'm putting together a sermon or, or I need a, a scripture and boom, the Holy Spirit will drop the perfect scripture in. Just what I needed at the right time. He will do that for all of us. He will remind you of everything that I've told you. He will teach you everything. As followers of Christ, we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Are we embracing the Holy Spirit? Let me get real personal here. Are you embracing the Holy Spirit? Are you allowing the Spirit of God to speak to your heart? Are you finding some quiet time? You guys know, most of you know that we're doing 40 days of prayer right now. And I'm asking you to pray at least five minutes a day. Are you taking some time throughout the day to seek the Lord and allow the Lord to speak to you? Are you getting in a quiet place without distractions and praying and then stopping and listening and saying, God, what do you want to say to my heart? What do you want to speak to me? There are times when I get in that place and he doesn't say anything. And it's just a wonderful time of being in the presence of the Lord. And it's awesome. So we need to embrace the Holy Spirit. My first point is prayer is powerful. My second point is praying in the Spirit builds us up. Let's go to the book of Jude. This letter was written to the Jewish Christians of about 65 years after the death of, and resurrection of Christ. And Jude, you can read this little book. It's only one chapter. But Jude wants to talk about the salvation that we share as Christians but ends up writing about false teachers, about people that come in and cause division in the church, about people uh, claiming to be followers of Christ, yet living immoral lives. Does that sound like anything that's going on today at all? It was happening 2,000 years ago, and it still happens today. So he was teaching about false teachers. Listen, if somebody's not teaching you the word of God, you need to be cautious. You need to be wary. That's why we teach you the Word of God. That's why we encourage you to come on Sunday mornings. That's why we encourage you to come on Wednesday night to Bible study. Listen, how will you recognize the truth if you don't know the truth? We're pouring into our children back there. He's talking about some of these things, but let's go to Jude 17 through 21. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said. Verse 18, they told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Do we see that going around us today? We do. We see people trying to satisfy their ungodly desires. And let me tell you, those things can never be satisfied. Have you ever tried to satisfy the flesh? Have you ever said, listen, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore? And then, then you, you think, well, I'll just do it one more time. I'll just take one more drink, and that's it. It doesn't happen. You can never satisfy the flesh. The Word says to walk in the Spirit... And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we need to be plugged into God. We need the Spirit of God leading us and guiding us into all things. Verse 18, they told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Verse 19, these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have the Spirit of God in them. Verse 20, 
But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so how do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith? Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, and await the mercy of our, our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. You want to keep yourself safe in God's love? Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to read this in the New American Standard Bible. We normally teach out of the New Living Translation, but I, I really wanted to read this out of the NASB. Verse 20, Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourself on, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So we're building ourselves up in faith by praying. In the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Verse 21, or let me go back to read 20 again. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit is prayer that is inspired and directed by the Holy Spirit. That's what that really is all about. Let's go to John 14:26 and see what Jesus says. We looked at this a while ago. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, he's sending the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. So if the Holy Spirit is the representative of Christ who can teach us everything, who can pray through us and is available to us, why would we resist him? If praying in the Holy Spirit builds us up, why would we resist that? Let's look at John 16, 12, and 13. Jesus is saying, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. There are so many things that the Lord wants to speak to us, but we have to be mature enough to receive and these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Why? For building up the church so that what? It talks about so that we become mature in the Lord. Have you ever tried to explain some difficult principle or concept to an infant? Hey, look at me. I want to talk to you about algebra. You know, it's really fun. And uh, no, no, look at me. No, you're drilling. Oh, you want to? Oh, oh, now look at me. You can't do it. And so we can't always comprehend the things of God. I think what Jesus is saying here is there's so much more I want to tell you, you can't bear it now. In other words, you can't comprehend it, but let me tell you some important things that you can comprehend. Okay, Jesus has already told his disciples in John chapter 14, he will send the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus is saying, there's a lot I want to tell you, but just get this, okay? Just get this. The Spirit of God, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Let's stop here and look at several things. The Holy Spirit will guide you, me, us, into all truth, giving us truth for the purpose of knowing what is useful in order to fulfill the things God has called us to do. That's why God wants to reveal his truth to us, because he has a purpose and a plan for us to help us navigate through the challenges of life and get to where we need to be. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth for instruction to guide us so that we are able to comprehend his desires for our life and for our family 
and to give us the ability to help other people. That is what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's guiding us and leading us. This all truth is not like barely knowing something, like having an answer to a math problem. Do you remember taking a, a math class and, and you'd be working the, the problem out and then you get the answer and you quickly turn to the back of the book and you go, ah, yes, I got it right. Or if you didn't get it right, you'd have to go back and you say, well, let me, how, did I, how did they come up with that? And so this is, not like, this is not truth like that. It's truth like knowing intimately the truth of God, the things of God, experientially, to be strongly impacted and influenced by. That's what this all truth means. It's not just head knowledge, but it's a realization in our heart that we understand the truth, the things of God. Also, the Holy Spirit will teach us deep and pure truth, untainted, complete truth. It's often helpful to have the complete truth, not just a partial truth, right? The Holy Spirit reveals complete truth to us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 6 through 10, and then we're going to look at verse 16 as well. 1 Corinthians 2, 6. And Paul is writing to the church of, of Corinth, and he's saying, Yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. Verse 7. No, the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. Verse 8. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. I think if they would, some of those people would not have wanted to crucify Christ, if they would have realized that he was the true Messiah. And I don't think... Satan would have wanted to kill Jesus if he would have known that that would be the way to draw humanity back into relationship with God. So there were some things that were hidden, but, but it's the wisdom of God. He, Paul is saying, no, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Let's look at verse 9. Here in verse 9, Paul is referring to scripture found in Isaiah 64, 4 and Isaiah 65, 17, which was written about 750 years earlier. Paul is quoting the scripture here. He says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We cannot comprehend all of the things that God has planned for us. It doesn't change his plan. But God has great plans for you. He has a great destiny for all of us. We're not necessarily going to see those with, with our eyes. God is going to lead us as we follow the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Do you want to know God's deep secrets? I believe he wants to reveal those to us. The Spirit of truth searches and shows us the deep truths of God. We need the Holy Spirit speaking to us to show us those things because we cannot find those things in our own wisdom. We need the Spirit of God. We need the wisdom of truth to lead us and guide us and speak to us. Let's read on in verse, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, 16. And this is a quote from Isaiah 40, 13. 
For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Do you realize that through the Holy Spirit speaking to us, we have the mind of Christ? It's amazing. Because Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come and he will remind you of the things that I taught you. He has the mind of Christ. And so we can have the mind of Christ. We can have the perspective of Christ through the Holy Spirit speaking to us. I saw a t-shirt that I really liked and it said, my wife doesn't need Google. She knows everything. (laughs) And do you know people that think they know everything? Well, listen, we don't know everything. We need the Spirit of God to speak to us, to lead us and guide us into all truth. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians 3.16. We just read 2.16. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Let's just stop there for a moment. And I want you to think about that. What if you had the perspective of Christ in your situation, in praying for a job or or whatever, whatever challenges you have? before you? What if you could see things not through your own vision, but through the mind of Christ? I tell you, that would probably change our life. Oh, we do have that. We have that available through the Holy Spirit. So are we embracing the Lord? Are we allowing the Lord to speak to our lives? Then are we obeying? Okay. All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? The Spirit of God lives in you. When we accept Christ, the Spirit of God lives in us. Let's go to John 16.13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit will tell us what Jesus reveals to him. The Holy Spirit will give us insight into things coming up that we need to know. The Lord has spoken to me about things to come. He will tell us about the future. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. When we started Life Fellowship, well, actually, it was about, it was before we started Life Fellowship, the Lord began to speak to me, and what he told me was, so many are looking for the truth and deeper spiritual truths, and then the words of Life Fellowship dropped into my spirit, and I began to have this dialogue with the Lord, are you calling us to start a church? Why would you need another church? And so I went down this whole path with the Lord. But the Lord began to speak to me, and then he gave me the mission and the vision and our core scriptures and and our values and all those things. God began to speak to me. And God has a purpose and plan for you, and I'm going to talk more about this in the series, but we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak to us because his word says he will tell us about the future. I'm not talking about everything that's going to happen, but he will begin to put the pieces together. God doesn't always lay everything out. I'd like to know every little step along the way, and he doesn't always do that. But he gives me enough of what I need to step out in faith. He called us to start Life Fellowship, so we stepped out in faith. And then he he gives more. Listen, as we're faithful in the small things, he will give us more. If we're not faithful in the small things, why is he going to give us more? Think about your boss. He gives you a project, and it's just a little project. 
and you're like, yeah, this really doesn't matter. This isn't important. Why is he going to give you this great big project if you won't do the little one he's given you? And so it's a principle with God. God says, if you're faithful in the small things, I will give you more. So are you being faithful in the things that God has called you to do? He's not necessarily going to give you any more until you do what he's asked you to do. He will tell us about the future. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. Let's go back to Jude 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. So my first point is prayer is powerful. Praying in the spirit builds us up. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. So over the last couple of weeks, I've talked about prayer regarding spiritual warfare. We've looked at the armor of God found in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. After we're told in this, this section of Scripture that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places, we're given the armor of God. We put on the belt of truth. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We put on the shoes that come from the gospel of, of the peace of Christ. We, put on the, we hold up the shield of faith to reflect the fiery darts. We put on the helmet of salvation. I talked about this last week, I guess. We pick up the sword of the Spirit, God's word. And then after all that, after Paul gives us instruction, tells us that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and he, and he tells us what armor, spiritual armor to put on. He says this in Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. He's saying pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Let's go to... First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. And in First Corinthians chapter 14, if you want to read about the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, I've talked about this before. I, it's been a while. I, I don't remember exactly when. But you can read First Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 primarily. And sandwiched in between 12 and 14 is the love chapter, First Corinthians chapter 13 and the love chapter. So sandwiched between the gifts of the Spirit is love, the chapter on love. So I encourage you to go back and read that. Um, that's 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. But today we're only going to look at chapter 14. And Paul is giving instructions regarding the gifts of the Spirit. Love is supreme. Love is the goal. But he, he says to especially desire the gift of prophecy because prophecy strengthens and encourages uh, others. And so I'm, I'm not going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit this morning. We're talking about praying in the Spirit. I've heard people say things like, well, speaking in tongues or, you know, they were speaking in tongues or they were praying in tongues. I don't know. It, it's all the same. No, it's not the same. And when, when you go back and read, you find that speaking in tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues is very different than praying in tongues. Hey, Richard, you're looking good today, man. I like that white Life Fellowship shirt you have on there. That's, that's really nice. Raina, you're looking good. What am I doing? I'm speaking to them, right? Is that different than, Lord God, I lift up Richard and Raina to you. Father, I pray the power of your Holy Spirit on them. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them in every good thing. I pray that you bless their businesses. What am I doing? I'm praying for them, right? That's different than speaking. So we clearly see that speaking in tongues and praying in tongues is different. It says that speaking in tongues is speaking to God and is valuable to others only if interpreted. 
And then Paul talks also about prophecy. He said, it's, you know, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but it's better that I would prophesy a few words that, that others will understand speaking forth the word of God. Prophecy doesn't have to be word or kooky. It may be sound something like, young man, the Lord wants to bless you and pour out abundant blessings and favor upon you and that you will know the Spirit of God is, is resting upon you and you will see God do mighty things that you know that it's only through the power of God that those things can be accomplished. And so that could be a word of prophecy. Maybe that's for somebody here today that's listening. Receive it, you know. But listen, prophecy is different than speaking in tongues, and they have different applications. And, and what Paul is saying is, is that I speak in tongues more than, more than all of you, but it's better to prophesy. So again, I, I don't want to get off into the, the gifts of the Spirit, but I do want you to understand that the gifts of the Spirit are important. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. When my spirit is praying, it's bypassing the filters of my mind. It's the spirit of God praying through my spirit and communing with God. And it says here, for when I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Let's look at verse 15. Well, then what should I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I'll, I will also pray in words I understand. These are clearly two different things, right? He's saying, I will pray in the Spirit. And when I pray in the Spirit, my mind, I don't understand what I'm praying. And then he says, I will pray in the Spirit, in which I don't understand. And then I will also pray in words that I do understand. When I pray in the Spirit, my mind does not understand what I'm praying. Because it's my Spirit communing with God. When I pray in words I understand, I'm composing a prayer in my mind that I understand. Now, it could be led by the Spirit of God. I'm not saying that it's not. But it's still filtered through my mind. I'm thinking about the words that I'm saying. I'm thinking about those things. And it can be influenced by my, by my emotions. I know that there have been times when I've been praying and, man, I get all emotional. And I don't think that that's necessarily all, always my emotion, but it's just sensing and feeling the hurt of that person and, and really understanding what they're going through. So what I'm saying is that when we pray with understanding, when I pray like I was praying for Richard and Rain a while ago, I'm understanding what I'm saying. And all those things are filtered through my mind. I'm composing that prayer. But when I'm praying in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm praying. And there are times when I don't know what to pray. And so I, I will just... Allow the Spirit of God to pray through me. I'll pray in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit a lot, every day, a lot. A lot of times it's just quietly, but I'm praying, and I connect with God. And you may drive by a car accident and begin to pray because you really don't know what to pray. And so I'm praying. I'm saying, God, just, you know, can, I want to connect with you. And it's the Spirit of God praying through me to him. So praying in the Spirit is where my spirit is praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God's Spirit is praying through me, if that makes sense. Okay, so we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. They're connected. They're important. And so why wouldn't we want to pray in the Spirit if that builds us up? Paul gives another comparison here in 1 Corinthians 14 and 15. He says, okay, he was talking about praying in the Spirit, praying with understanding and and." Uh, or praying in the Spirit and praying with understanding. He gives another comparison here in verse 15. I will sing in the Spirit, 
and I will also sing in words I understand. Are those two different things? Clearly they are. I've heard people sing in the Spirit, and it's beautiful. But they're, it's like they're singing to God. I, I can't follow along with them because I don't know what they're saying. And so if Anne Lorraine came up on Sunday, and, and we may do this at some point in time, just have everybody sing in the Spirit, okay? Because we're not singing for one another. We, we're singing to Him. But if she were to come up and, and begin singing in the Spirit, how would we follow along with that? We couldn't. I mean, we could sing in the Spirit on our own, but he says, I will sing in the Spirit, and I will, I will also sing in words I understand. Let's look at verse 16, because this will help clarify. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? Verse 17, you will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. So there's a time and place for singing in the Spirit. And there's a time where we just sing normally. That's what we normally do on Sunday mornings is they lead us in worship. And so we're singing and we're engaging and we're in unity. We're singing about the things of God. We're singing to God. We're worshiping him. We're not singing songs. We're entering into worship. And let me bunny trail here for a moment. But I've heard people say, well, you know, we come to uh, to church late because they just have the music. And, and, uh, you know, I just want to hear the word. Listen, praise and worship is important. It's critical because what it does is it connects us to him. It prepares our heart to receive the word of God. Man, worship is about engagement with him. That's what it's all about, guys. Whether it be through the word of God or through worship or prayer or whatever, that's what it's all about. What's our mission here at Life Fellowship? To develop, maintain, and model what? Personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So we can do that through prayer. We can do that through worship. We can do that through reading the, the Word of God, taking quiet time by hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So as we hear the Word of God, we're built up in our faith. When we pray in the Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit speaking through our spirit and connecting with God. Listen, that's important. We need that. Let's go back to John sixteen thirteen. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 2, 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. It's like God whispers his intimate secrets through his spirit. I need to know how to handle this. I really need to know what to do, Lord. And God will begin to speak to us through his Holy Spirit. It talks about the Holy Spirit, that small, still voice. So every Sunday, I pray, Lord, open our spiritual eyes, not just our physical eyes, but open our spiritual eyes to see you with clarity and who you are. Open our ears, God. Why? So we can hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. God, open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. That we would encounter you in a greater measure. That we would walk away changed. Because you've poured into us and you touched us. You've done something in our life. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Let's go back to Jude 20, the NASB. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. 
1 Corinthians 14, 14, and 15. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Verse 15, well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in words I understand. There's a clear differentiation between the two, and if it weren't important, it wouldn't be there. Jude 20, when we pray in the Spirit, it builds us up. Why would we not pray in the Spirit and be built up? So my first point this morning is prayer is powerful. Second point is praying in the Spirit builds us up. A third is pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what that requires a lot of times is us just to get to that quiet place where we can hear from the Lord and we can respond to the Lord. We're going to have First Friday coming up in November. I think it's the 7th. What we do on Friday night, the first Friday of, of the selected month, is we come together and worship. We spend time in prayer. There have been people that have prayed for a prayer language and received their prayer language at a first Friday. We've seen God do amazing things. And what's most amazing is that we just get into that zone. It's like there's no one else here. We bring the lights down low and we just worship. And it's just so, such an intimate time of worship where we just spend time with him. And that's of great value. So I want to encourage you to come. I think it's November 7th on a Friday. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Now, there are a lot of people that don't believe the truth of God. There are people that will read in the Bible and they'll hear sermons about how much God loves them, but they can't receive it or they don't believe it. That's the truth. The truth is that God loves you. The truth is that God wants to have a deep and personal, intimate relationship with you. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If that's you this morning, if God is drawing you back to himself, maybe you had a relationship with him at one point in time, but you've walked away. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. God loves you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for your, your spirit. I, I thank you, God, that we can connect with you. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter where we've been. What matters is that we have come into relationship with you and that you do amazing things through our lives. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to us. Speak to our hearts, God. And that we would respond back to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. We're going to take some time to uh, ministry time, reflection time that we've been doing the last few weeks. And uh, If you would like, if you don't have a prayer language and you'd like one, I want you to come forward when we begin to, to worship. And I want to pray with you. Listen, I can't give it to you. But what I can do is I can pray with you. And I can believe with you. 
So if, if you don't have a prayer language and, and you want me to pray with you about that, if you'll come forward when, when we start this next song or if you have any other prayer requests or needs, um, I'd love to pray with you. Also, if, if you don't need to come forward for anything, I, I want to ask you to, to continue to pray. Do you have the eight things that we're praying for, Jason? Uh, and these are the things that we're praying for for 40 days. So if you don't have anything to pray for personally, you can pray for some of these things. Well, let's just take some time. Let's take a few minutes and worship and pray. been one of the most impacting things in my life. And so if you don't have a prayer language, I would encourage you to pray and ask the Lord for it because it builds us up and encourages us in our core scripture. And these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for equipping the saints, for preparing us, for teaching us. And I don't want you to miss out on one thing that God has for you. I want you to walk in the full blessings of God in every area of your life. And so that's why we teach on these things. That's why I encourage you to come on uh, Wednesday night to Bible study so that we can be filled up with the things of God. And I want to talk a little bit about these eight items that we're praying for for 40 days. And Christine made some of these. There's some uh, in the cafe area, and, and there's some up here. I'd like for you to take a couple of these, two or three of these. They're in different formats, so if you want to, you know, these would work better at work or whatever, and you want to put one in your Bible, use it as a bookmark, take two or three of these with you. And these are the things that we're praying for. We're praying for ourselves every morning. God, is there anything in me that, that I need to yield to you? Is there something in my heart that's not pleasing to you or whatever that looks like for you? And then we're praying for our family. Lord, I pray for my spouse. God, I, I just, you know, every morning I wake up and, uh, or, or if I'm awake first, I see Christine get out of bed and get down on her knees and pray. How sweet that is that we're praying together, that we're praying for one another, that we're praying for these things. There's something that happens when we pray together as a family. So pray for your spouse. I know some of the things that she struggles with. <laughs> and she knows the things that I struggle with. And I appreciate that she's praying for me. And I'm praying for her. Pray for your life fellowship family here. Pray for one another. Pray that, that life fellowship will grow to 100 families. That we will have a greater influence in this community that will grow, that we'll be able to pour into more children because that children's ministry is just exploding and overflowing with children. More adults that, that can be equipped to go out and make a difference in the marketplace, in the workplace. 
and share the love of Christ with others and train up others, help other people find that connection with God and minister to them and help them. Specifically that we're praying for the men of our families, that they become the godly, righteous men that that we were designed to be, leading their families well, leading in the church, leading in the community. This Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, we're having a men's meeting. I'd like for all the men that are here to be here on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. We're going to spend some time in worship, and then uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that are relevant to us, some of the challenges that we have as men. The, the second Tuesday of the month is the men's meeting at 7 o'clock. The first Tuesday of the month, last week, the women met. And Pastor Christina is doing the same thing with the women. Listen, guys, I don't know how much time we have. Nobody does. But we need to be prepared. We need to be building ourselves up, being built up, and taking our rightful role and position. And men, you are the leaders of the home. You are the leaders of the church. You are, you are the leaders in the community. And it's unfortunate that a lot of men are not taking their rightful role and position in the church, in the family, in the community. And so that's what we're doing on Tuesdays. We're talking about those kinds of things. How can we fulfill God's role and plan and destiny for our lives? How can we lead our families well? We're praying for uh, us to get our own building. I'd like for us to have our own building where we can really knock it out of the park with all the decorations, build up uh, kingdom kids to look like a kingdom with castles and all kinds of stuff. We can't do that in a, a lease space. I mean, we could, but it wouldn't be very cost effective. So we're praying that we get our own building. We're praying for this nation. Pray for President Obama. I don't care if you voted for him or not. Pray for him. He is our president. We have a vested interest. I don't care if if you voted for that senator or that congressman. We need to be praying for them. Come on. So we need to be praying for our political leaders. We need to be praying for our spiritual leaders. Pray for the pastors of the churches in this community. It doesn't matter if you go to that church or not. Pray for them. Pray for me. Pray for Pastor Christine. So we need to be praying for the nation. We need to pray for Israel. God's word says that we need to pray for Israel. We should pray for them. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for their protection. We need to pray for believers all around the world. There are people that are persecuted that are being killed for their faith. Listen, if we were in that place, I'm sure we would really appreciate somebody praying for us. So we need to be praying for all these things. So pick some of these up and take take one to work. Take one to your house. Put one in your Bible, whatever it takes. You can even write, If maybe you have some other specific things that you're praying for. Write that on there so you're praying for those things every morning. In summary, pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes our perspective. Listen, you have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. God can give you his perspective. Sometimes I've needed his perspective because mine was all messed up. 
and I, and I couldn't handle my perspective. And God would begin to speak to me and say, listen, son, this is for your good. You just need to go through this. You need to trust me. You can't manipulate me. You just need to trust me. So whatever it is you're going through, whatever's happening in your life, pray. And pray that God will give you a prayer language so that you can connect with him on that level. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray the power of your Holy Spirit rain down upon us and continue to fill us with overflowing, God, that we may connect with you on a greater level, that the world will see the love of Christ flowing through our lives, that we won't have to go around telling people, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. They'll know it. Your word says that the world will know that you're my disciples, the disciples of Christ, by the love that we have for one another, that we will be so filled with love that people will be drawn to you. And they may even come up and what is it with you? And we would be able to share the love of Christ with them and lead them to the Lord, God. I pray that you would open the opportunities for us to share our faith, that we would build four new relationships from now to the end of the year with people that aren't saved or don't have a church home, that we will be able to share our testimony or our story with people. That, God, that you will bring people across our path that don't know the Lord, that we will be able to lead them to, to you for forgiveness of sins and for eternal salvation. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the privilege and opportunity. And God, we pray with expectation that you will fill us to overflowing and that you will continue to work in our lives, to work in our hearts. And we pray all these things with expectation in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this morning. I hope to see you on Wednesday night and back again next Sunday. Listen, you have the mind of Christ. Be praying that the Lord will show you what he wants you to do in situations. Go out and make a difference in your world. Go out and live it. Love you. Thank you for joining us.